So someone recently asked me, he said, hey, Sharon, do you have a method for solving problems? And I said, yeah, just go look at my billion dollar problem solving framework. And he's like, what are you talking about? That's when I realized that I probably have, there's a recording that I'd done somewhere in the archives. So I went in and I dug out and I found this episode that I'd done called the billion dollar problem solving framework. And it's old school from my real estate sales days. And in fact, you're going to hear references to some random links that I make, which is totally cool. And I want you to hear this podcast in its entirety because the problem is not the problem. The problem is how you think about the problem. And when you have a framework for solving problems, it makes things a lot easier. So from the archives, I'm excited to bring back to life the billion dollar problem solving framework. And it starts right now. One thing is for certain, just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to, how to grow your business, how to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. Today, I'm excited to actually open up my personal playbook, if you will, uh, years of experience and how I've curated something which I call my personal framework for problem solving anything. That's right, my personal framework for problem solving anything. Think of, think of it as uh, standing on the shoulders of you know millions and millions of dollars of experience and compressing decades into just 20 minutes where you can use my personal framework and maybe combine it with yours and get a personal framework for problem solving anything. Hey, before I do this, I want to remind you of something that I did. I went back and listened to my last 100 podcasts that I ever recorded and I picked out 17 of my favorite ideas, the 17 tactics, the 17 profit activators, if you will. And I put them all into one simple email so that they're easily digestible for you. You can grab those at 17podcastsecrets.com. And that's the number 17podcastsecrets.com. It will change the way you think about real estate for the rest of your life. That's 17podcastsecrets.com. And it's my free gift to you. Let's get right back to the show. And I want to talk to you about my personal framework for problem solving anything. I want to overlay that on how you can actually do that for yourself, for your family, and for your clients in a real estate transaction. And I'm going to walk you through a very simple seven-step framework. These are both rules, if you will, questions you can ask. And very simply, if you have this in front of you, you can quickly go through the the tight spot that you're in to solve a problem and a way to work it out because I'm going to give you a quote that's going to frame everything for you. The problem is not the problem. The problem is how you think about the problem. All right. It's a great Dan Sullivan quote and he says it again, which is the problem is not the problem. The problem is how you think about the problem. And so here's my seven step framework, my personal framework that I have put together over the years to problem solve anything. 
And if you know me, you know that I'm a blueprint framework kind of guy. It gives a lot of um, me and my team, my community, my CEOs that I work with and mentor uh, a, a, a pathway to make better decisions, a pathway not to get stuck, a pathway to have breakthroughs every single day because thinking tools, thinking frameworks and thinking blueprints allow you to guide your thinking in a really positive way because the problem is not the problem. The problem is how you think about the problem. So here's my seven step framework, which is my personal framework for problem solving anything. Step number one. So you're going to think this is really mundane, but step number one is a commitment that you're going to make to yourself, which is work out all problems on paper. All right. Work out all problems on paper. The more we work out problems in our head, the more random things start to daisy chain and we're unable to put everything together. There's this amazing quote that I always like to share, which is fear which is generally what sets in fear, frustration, anger, uh, anxiety sets in when we have problems because it exacerbates the feelings that we have on how to deal with those problems. When you put, when you work out problems on paper, fear has no place on paper. Fear has no strength on paper. Fear has no stamina on paper. Fear does not exist on paper because you're getting it out in black and white. So number one, and my, my primary rule is this, work out all problems on paper. Now you're gonna wonder like, well, what if I have a problem, Sharon, how do I work it out on paper? What does that mechanically look like? And that's exactly what I'm gonna walk you through today. And in one sheet of paper or in one page of your legal pad, in one uh, drawing on your whiteboard, in one sketch on your iPad, heck, just on the back of a, uh, a cocktail napkin, you're gonna be able to work out a problem in a in a really thoughtful way using this framework. So number one, the commitment right now starting today is work out all problems on paper, big or small, large or tiny, complex or simple, work out all problems on paper. Number two, always start with a data dump. Always start with a data dump. I wanna, I wanna offer this to you. Have you ever seen a uh, any kind of, you know, spy movie or spy show, call it the NCIS, the FBI, the CIA. Uh, and in any movie that you and I have watched or any TV show that you and I have watched, you always, or even the police or cops or NYPD Blue, etc. You've noticed that whenever someone is trying to solve a crime, whenever someone is trying to find a missing person, whenever someone is trying to build a strategy, all of them stand behind this board. They have this board where they put pictures up of the people they're looking for, maps of the area that they're going to target. Uh, they put names of the people that are currently involved and that is their data board. They use that board with a bunch of data and so they can start to make visual representations of the problem so they can start to solve it spatially. And when you have that, they, you, you, they start to you know have post-its and sticky notes and lines through it and thread connecting push pins and things like that. That is exactly what you want. There's a reason why the best of the best of the intelligence community, law enforcement, uh, et cetera, do that. There's a reason why they do that. And we gotta take a page out of that playbook, data dump, everything data dump everything so if you're going through a real estate transaction if you're going through a business transaction if you're going through a personal issue the way to do it is to data dump everything and here's the process that i want to give you you can draw everything out and don't worry about extra details what you do is you just do a little mind map right and you just do a circle in the middle that says my problem is blank my problem is that i need to find 
uh, a home for my clients. My problem is that I need to negotiate another $100,000. My problem is I need to bring a buyer and a seller together. My problem is I need to get my investors a certain return. Whatever that may be, that's in the center, right? You clearly clarify the issue. And then you just start putting tentacles out of that with the mind map and say, just start writing everything. And, and every detail that comes to your mind deserves to be on paper because it is a data dump. It is not, you're not filtering it. You're not thinking about why it should be there. You're not qualifying it. You're not judging it. Every piece of data gets put down. Maybe the rate of the loan that they want to use, maybe the three homes that they want to buy, maybe better bath count, maybe uh, the strategy that they need to do to sell their business to move to Seattle, maybe uh, the celebrity that you're working with and their business manager is being a pain. It doesn't matter what it is. Every piece of data is relevant to the puzzle because the problem is not the problem. The problem is how you think about the problem. Getting every piece of data out, just like the CIA, the FBI do, is very important. So once I get all the data out, here's what I do. I get all the data out and then my favorite thing to do is try to uh, is to take a Word document or um, some kind of word processor or just a notes application and I like to chronologically, in chronological order, as a timeline, write it up just as if I were to tell that story to somebody. So once I put all the data points out, what I do is this. I go, I almost like start to start, if, I, if you were starting to tell the story, I start to write, hey, once upon a time. Right? I start once upon a time and then I just do everything in bullet points. Once upon a time, bullet point one, there were my clients, Jim and Sally. Next bullet point, Jim and Sally wanted to buy a home. Jim and Sally wanted to move to Seattle. Jim and Sally wanted to grow their business. Jim and Sally, and then you just start writing just as like you would be describing that story to a friend or to a spouse or to a group of your um, coworkers over a drink. And I just start, once I have the data dump, I just start writing everything chronologically in a Word document. That, that, and there's a reason I'm gonna come back to this, that is the most powerful thing because now you've clearly clarified what are all the pieces of data and chronologically how they all line up. It doesn't have to be in perfect English, you're just telling a story just to yourself so that you can get the facts aligned and just in case you need to share that document. So. Number one, work out all problems on paper and make that commitment right now. Number two, data dump, just like the Defense Intelligence Agency and law enforcement does. And the end result of that is a simple mind map, right? And also a chronological bullet pointed list of things because that will help you think extremely clearly. All right, number three, this is when you ask the question. This is when you ask the very, very important question since you have all the facts. You say, does this problem need to be solved or can we just move on? All right, so I'm gonna say that again. Does this problem need to be solved or can we just move on? Now moving on can also be where you just write a check to get rid of the problem, right? Say, hey, there is an easement issue and you need to pay a $300 fine to the city and you need to move on, move on. There is a, a bigger issue and you need to pay $5,000 to settle that issue for a $5 million transaction, great. Do that and move on. There's another cool quote that I like. When you have money to solve a problem, you don't have a problem. <laughs> I say again, when you have a money or when you can write a check to solve a problem, when you can write a check to solve a problem, you, do, you don't have a problem, right? So while that may be flippant and I'm not asking you to throw good money against bad, what I'm suggesting is the third step in the seven step framework is really important because we say, does this problem actually need to be solved? or can we just move on in some fashion? 
And the only way you can actually do this is if you have all the data and it written down because now that allows you to, to actually make a very thoughtful determination. That's number three. Let's recap very quickly. The first is a commitment on working all problems out on paper because, because what? Fear has no place on paper. Number two, data dump. Do a little mind map, get every all the pieces of data out and then write a chronological statement of all the bullet points. That way you know exactly, exactly what you're dealing with. Number three, ask the question, does this need to be solved right now? Or can we punt it? Can we move on? Can we solve it with writing a check? What is this problem? So you can only do that after you have the clarity. All right, let's jump through four, five, six, and seven because I think you're going to appreciate this. Number four, when I, when I have a good sense of all the data um, and I've used that time to, you know, let my logical brain take over and not be deeply mired in the emotional state that I'm in, what I do is I write the one sentence outcome that I desire and deserve. One sentence outcome. So I define the outcome. So once I put all the data out, I just say, you know what? I, when this is all over, my outcome is I would like to have a deal between party A and party B. I would like to have, uh, you know, this home you know, bought for X price. I would like to make sure that Jim and Sally can move to Seattle by January 15th. I would like to make sure that we don't pay more than $3 million for this, this home or this company. I would like to make sure that we do not get sued in this transaction and still get a win for my clients. What is exactly the outcome that you want? It may have multiple parts. It may have one part. But if you at this time cannot clearly articulate what those outcomes are and actually have, you know, um, one of my business partners says, hey, what goes on the post-it? What goes on the post-it note? That is the outcome, right? Those are the one, two, three things that I care about. What goes on the post-it note that I can check off that actually solves this problem and we all move on? What is that? Only after you have all the data can you really define the outcome because now when you do the data dump, it forces the logical side of the brain to take over and it lets our emotional side calm down. Now that allows you to really define the outcome that you need to have, not only for yourself, but if you have a fiduciary responsibility to your clients, that's when that happens as well. So number four, define the outcome because that is going to act as a filter in the rest of your decision making process. All right, we'll get to number five. We're almost at the end here, and I think you really appreciate this, which is, my, this is my favorite exercise that um, one of my mentors taught me. And my mentor taught me that when you have the outcome, when you have all the data, see if you can break the problem, problem down into the five decisions. The five decisions. Like, what are the five decisions? What are the five decisions that you need to make to actually get a resolution? Right. So it should be, hey, uh, do we accept this offer for the business or are we not? Uh, are we going to are we going to are we going to you know remove all contingencies on this deal? Are we not? Are we going to move now? Are we not? Am I going to take Jim and Sally on as a client or am I not? Right. Is this a good time to sell the business, sell the home, have the transaction or not? Is this, is this something that I should get involved or I shouldn't? What are the five big decisions that if you made, if you made in some way the five decisions, if you made that this problem would automatically get solved. A lot of times what we do is we try to, you know, eat the elephant whole, right? And we've always heard this, the way you eat the elephant is you eat it, you know, one bite at a time. 
But I love this five decision mentality because sometimes it may be three decisions, sometimes it may be 15. But if we don't go through the process of chunking down the decisions that we need to make or the five questions we need to ask, how are we actually gonna solve the bigger question? The best part is when we actually break it down into the five simpler, more micro decisions we need to make, it may give us other ideas, other choices, other opportunities, other negotiating points, other talking points, other avenues, other things that we're not thinking about as a part of this process. So what are the five decisions? What are the five decisions that you need to make to make this problem, uh, you know, go away, get solved, get, get mitigated. And when we can actually outline those five decisions, that means we have a deep understanding of what the problem is and a way to actually approach them. So that's number five, the five decisions. And here's number six. Once you know those five decisions, something pretty powerful happens, right? Uh, I would say never has there been a time when I have written out my five decisions and I personally have been able to solve the problem. When I write those five decisions, I realize that I probably don't have the, uh, the expertise to solve and make a, a good determination, recommendation, suggestion, or, or, or uh, have my expertise inform how to make at least one or two or more of those five decisions. That's when I ask the question, which is my number six, who? must I get involved? Who must I get involved? Get involved? Um, who else should be involved in this problem, right? Who else do I need to bring in? This is pretty powerful because once you have those decisions uh, that you need to get solved, a bunch of things happen with a lot of clarity. So let's say I was going to call my mentor and I believe that one of my mentors could help me solve one of the decisions. Here's what I would tell my mentor. I would call my mentor and say, Hey, Peter. Hey, Walter. Hey, Jim. I would love 15 minutes with you. I'm struggling with a, uh, to make a particular decision on a problem. It is, it is decision X. And I would actually outline the decision. Do you mind if I send you some facts that you can skim before we jump on a phone call? Now, good mentors, good advisors, good managers, uh, good operators of your company, good compliance officers, good attorneys, good, you know, good accountants, et cetera, will say, of course. So now, Remember in data dump in the step two where we did the mind map and we actually wrote out the problem in, in, in sequential chronological order? That's when you actually get to share that, either some of that or all of that with the right advisor because now once you share that, the, they already have the background to help you make the decision. I, will, I cannot stress to you how important this is because now every time I call a mentor or an advisor and I say I want to run something by you, they always know that I've already thought through the decision that I need help with and they know that they're going to get some background. So this call is actually going to be a 15-minute call and not a 15-minute call disguised, right? Uh, or, or an hour call disguised as a 15-minute call. Who must I get involved is really important. This is a really good time to take a pause and realize that um, the scope of the job that we do. Sometimes as advisors, we have a very specific scope. We can advise on certain aspects of a, of a deal, a transaction, you know, based on the mandate. Certain times we, if we're not legal advisors, we shouldn't provide legal counsel. If we're not financial advisors, we should not provide financial, uh, financial advisory counsel. If we don't know certain part of the contract, we gotta, we gotta pull the right person in place. I will tell you the sooner you can pull the right expert into the transaction to help you with that micro decision is super, super important. So uh, there's, a, there's a quote that I always like to share and I'll bring it up often is transformations do not happen in isolation. Transformations do not happen in isolation. And, and the issue there is a lot of times we believe that we can solve most things on our own because we're this one person or one team cottage industry. We should never do that, right? 
allowing other advisors to contribute to our success is super important. So number six, who must I get involved and what information can I get them so they can help me with the micro decision that I need to make? And number seven, when all of this is said and done, number seven is really important. And, uh, and that is, is there a learning here for the future? So before I go into that, let's recap very quickly. The, this is my personal framework for making, um, making decisions and problem solving anything. Number one, work out problems on paper. Number two, data dump, just like the CIA or the FBI does, and then come up with a chronological breakdown of what actually needs, just has happened from a data perspective. Number three, ask the question, does this need to be solved right now or can we just move on? Number four, define the outcome in very simple English. What goes on the post-it note that will give you uh, a feeling of success to get this done? Number five, break the problem down into the five decisions that you need to make that will ultimately help you solve the problem. Number six, who, who must get involved? Who should you invite to be a part of the team in solving the problem? That is super important. And number seven, when all said and done, is there learning here for the future? Is there learning here for the future, right? I think a lot of times is, uh, we get a learning, we learn something through our problem solving and you're like, oh my gosh, that was a really great learning, but we don't do anything about it. We don't memorialize it. We don't actually capture it. We don't talk about it. We don't post about it. We don't discuss it. We don't actually have a therapeutic enhancement uh, of it because we've already gone through this and we're like, ah, it's done. I'm never going to do this again. And I'll tell you what I do. Something very simple on my phone. Uh, in a, this is not rocket science and this is not complex. On my phone, on my notes application, I have a note that says, never do again list. This is my never do again list. So for example, if I, uh, if I go out and I, you know, uh, have a, have a, eat, eat, eat some food that doesn't, that gives me an allergic reaction or doesn't make me feel good. Maybe it might've tasted delicious, like a, like a pizza that doesn't, that doesn't work with me. I would write it in my never do again list because now I've memorialized that at that time when it happened and I got a learning, I actually captured their learning in my never do again list. You won't believe the, you know, I have more than, I can't remember the number, but I have more than 50 lessons, um, small, big, large, tiny, uh, you know, uh, funny, not funny, all in my never do again list because I've gone through the process of making the decisions and realized that since I have already done that and learned how to do that, I learned some pain. I, I, I discovered uh, a pain point and I discovered why it bothered me. And I don't want to put myself in that situation again because what good is it if I can't learn from the thought process that I've already expended, the effort that I've already expended and learn from that experience? The way you learn from an experience is memorializing the learnings from that experience. 99% of us do not do that, will not do that. And the reason we don't do that is because we don't mechanically have a way to do that. We're like, ah, that's cool, I had this. But if you can find a way to just write it down, talk about it with a friend, share it with a family member and say, or just close your eyes and meditate and say, you know what? When I went through this transaction, uh, when I went through this deal, when I went through this experience, I learned that I should never lead with anger. I learned that I should always expect the best from great people. I learned that I should never eat a slice of pizza regardless of how hungry I am. I learned that, you know, raw you know raw vodka does not agree with me i learned blank because if you don't memorialize your experience why did you even go through all the pain of learning it right we're talking about my personal framework for problem solving anything
I want to walk you through these seven steps once more because I really hope that they help you, not just in, in your family, on your business, but also in life, and specifically in giving you a framework to deal with these problems as uh, our clients depend on us to, to have a structured approach in being a good advisor for them, right? Number one, work out all problems on paper. Number two, data dump, just like the CIA or the FBI does. And once you have your mind map, uh, make it a make it a chronological bullet pointed list of what actually happened because that way you can be sure you captured all the data points and can share it if it's ever needed. Number three, ask the question, does this need to be solved or can we just move on? Number four, define the outcome. What is the simple outcome that you want? Can it be simple and crystal clear? Because that way when it's done, when you've achieved it, you know that you've achieved that success and you can move on and you can check the box and you can say, yes, that was what I was looking for. I got it. It's time to move on. Number five, could you make, could you, could you take the problem and break it down into the five micro decisions that you need to make? The five is just a guiding number, but what are the decisions that you five micro decisions you need to make that will inform and give you all the tools to solve the bigger problem. Number six, transformations don't happen in isolation. Who must I get involved to help me solve this problem? And how early can I get them involved? The earlier you can get them involved, the better. And that is exactly why you write the chronological approach. And that is exactly why you do the data dump. So you can send them that in, a, in advance. And, and now your advisors love advising you because you give them all the tools to be a good advisor. And when all said and done, ask the question, is there a learning here for the future? Is there a learning here for the future? And can I put that on my never do again list? Because if we don't memorialize our experiences, you know, what is the point of actually going through that hardship? That is the, that is the, that is the seven step process to my personal framework for problem solving anything. Hey, before I go, uh, I hope that was helpful to you and I would love for you to share that with anybody that you think will appreciate that because it should have universal appeal. Share that with your uh, operations staff, share that with your partner, share that with uh, your management team, share that with uh, other people that you work with around the world because I think that the more we can all be better at in a more structured way having the right framework to solve problems, it'll be really, really helpful. If you wanna, if you wanna give me some feedback on this episode, just uh, grab me on social media because that's probably the fastest way. Uh, it's just my name and my Instagram is my favorite account. But if you're in the real estate business, as you, I know you are, what you should do is I'd love for you to go and grab uh, my 17 learnings, my 17 podcast secrets. So just as a reminder, I went back and I listened to my last hundred episodes and I pulled out 17 of my best learnings for real estate. And I put those into one email that you can get for free. Just go to 17, the number 17, podcastsecrets.com. That's 17podcastsecrets.com. Just jump in there, download these, uh, um, these 17 podcast secrets and put them into play right away and watch them have a transformative, profitable impact on your business. That's 17podcastsecrets.com. And if you would like to give me any feedback on this episode, please do because the reason we do this is to help you become a better entrepreneur. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. 
That's businesscoolshow.com. 